It's all happening at the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store, and you can go there right now at the-politocrat.myshopify.com. Lots of good new items, brand new, designed by yours truly. So please head to the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store now. Thank you very much. Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Sunday, March the 14th, 2021. On this edition of The Politocrat, one year ago today, one year ago today, the beginning of this very podcast you are listening to. It was Saturday, March the 14th, 2020 that started the brand new podcast the politocrat daily podcast the one year anniversary is today i'll play you a clip or two from exactly one year ago today a little later on but before that A conversation with Tim Gordon, the president of the Washington, D.C. area Film Critics Circle Association. We will be talking about film, about Tim's organization, the Black Reel Awards. And we'll be talking about the Academy Award nominations and what we expect will be on the list, at least some of the nominees as the Oscar nominations are announced tomorrow. All of that coming up next. Now there's a new way to get in touch with the Politocrat Daily Podcast by email at politocratpod at gmail.com. That's politocratpod at gmail.com. I should make you aware that toward the end of this conversation that I had with Tim Gordon, there is a little audio difficulty. You may have some trouble hearing Uh, Yours truly, uh, toward the end, we had some issues with the audio on my end. So um, Tim can be heard loud and clear. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, I cannot be, but I hope that you are still able to enjoy this conversation. Um, This is so good, man. Okay, so before I start, um, as you know, um, the first half of this is going to be talking about Black Reel and talking about Black Award shows and things. And then, of course, the second half is assessing um, the uh, Oscars and, and, and what you think might happen for Monday or what you just your general thoughts. So, right. all right, I'm going to introduce you now, Tim. All righty. With me now is my guest today on the Politocrat Daily Podcast. It's really a true honor and a great pleasure to have him on. He is the president of the Washington, D.C. area Film Critics Association. He also hosts a weekly show. It's a weekend show, a podcast called Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. And he also has a wonderful, wonderful organization called the Black Real Film Awards. We're going to get to talk about those Black Real Film Awards with none other than the one, the only, Mr. Tim Gordon, sir. Welcome to this edition of The Politocrat. Thank you, sir. It's it's an honor, man. I, I've been watching and, and reading all about all of the stuff you're doing, so I get to be a part of it. Yes! <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It, brother, it's so good to have you on. Um, let's get to talk about some of this film stuff. Of course, um, a lot's been going on. We've, we've had uh, a hellacious last year. We're still going through all of this. It has affected everything, including film. But I do want to start with your organization, the Black Real Film Awards. Can you talk a little about the organization 
and also about the nominations that have come out um, in an organization that I have previously voted the awards for and nominees for. So can you talk about that today, Tim? Oh, easy, man. I, thank you, uh, man, for having me on. I'm honored as well. Uh, the Black Real Awards was uh, something that I created uh, that we initially started back in 2000. And it was based on an idea, and I know I shared this with you uh, previously, uh, that it was started because I was always a big fan of award shows. And I thought for years as a, as a young person and as, a, you know, growing up and evolving, I would always see these shows and it was, we didn't have any representation, you know, and I would go out and watch these movies and always wonder why aren't, aren't black films or black performances or, or films from the African diaspora, why are none of those films being honored? And at some point, I think I started um, as, uh, as a critic in the early 90s. And I remember that I had a, uh, a newsletter at the time, which shows you how old I am. <laughs> and <laughs> we did something called the Oscar Micheaux Awards, where we talked about where, you know, we just spotlighted the, the, the big six, as I call it, you know, best actor, actress, supporting actor, actress, director, and film. And it, the idea kind of stayed with me and around 1999, I think, you know, several years after we had the infamous Hollywood blackout of 96, I said to myself, somebody needs to start an organization that kind of does something that mirrors what the majors, you know, the Academy Awards, the Golden Globe, somebody needs to create something because I know the Image Awards has been around now in their 52nd year, but the Image Awards only honors probably about eight to nine different categories of film and they're not really covering the full swath of movies. So I sat down and talked to a couple of people. And in 2000, as I said, we launched the Black Reel Awards. And now in our 21st year, we have had a front row seat, Omar, of watching the evolution of Black film, uh, you know, and especially over the last 10 years. It has just grown exponentially and it's funny because I, I you know I was doing some press earlier this week about this and I was explaining like the first five to seven years Omar was tough you know we didn't really have a lot of films that you know like today people are accustomed to a lot of black creatives and a lot of black filmmakers who are telling our stories from our perspective but when we first started doing this that was not the case. So you had films like Ray from Taylor Hackford, or you would have uh, other films that would be stories about us that weren't produced or directed by us or created by us. And since 2014, man, we've seen uh, you know our presence and the, the emergence of so many young filmmakers that we've really tracked from the beginning, whether it's Barry Jenkins, whether it's Ava DuVernay, whether it's Gina Prince-Bythewood, whether it's Steve McQueen. I mean, you know, we Ryan Coogler. I mean, just so many different voices. So, you know, I, as I like to say, I am just humbled that I get to play a part in having a, a vehicle that, you know, acknowledges not just mainstream films, but we also honor independent films. We honor international with a couple of categories. And it's always, it always makes me feel good when we announce our nominations and we get a lot of love on social media now from people who have been in the business who rarely are acknowledged or their performances aren't acknowledged or their categories haven't really been grand to them. So I'm just, I'm just happy, man. And so that's, the, the why we did it, Omar. This year, of course, the big film that, that received 15 nominations was One Night in Miami, uh, followed closely by Judas and the Black Messiah with 12 nominations, and then Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Netflix's baby, <laughs> with 10. <laughs> so, yeah, so those were the, 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 the big three this year that got double-digit nominees. One Night in Miami, of course, I don't have to tell you, you've watched it. Um, I'm so proud of Regina King, man. I mean, this is a woman who I remember watching as little Brenda Jenkins on 227. Oh, and, yes. you know, every time I interview her, I tell her how proud I am of her. Um, there's certain people, Omar, and, I, and, and you, I guess the, you could say the same, that you were there for certain people, whether they were actors, whether they were directors or screenwriters, when they first emerged and then to watch their careers 
kind of kind of evolve and they become these big things. Yes. But you remember like, oh, I remember talking to Idris Elba when Idris first came out. Or I remember little Regina King. And so, yeah, yes. man, I, we all play our part, man. And as I said, thank you for allowing me to come on and even talk about this. Oh, you're most welcome, Tim. Is, uh, thank you for having me on your show as well on many occasions. It's been a real great joy uh, to talk film with you and have some fun. And the Black Reel Awards, the Black Reel Film Awards, very, very important to those watching and listening. You have to know uh, that Tim has done a Herculean job with getting this off the ground, all the blood, sweat, and tiresome, tireless efforts that he has put in to making this awards that he has be what it is today. I'm telling you. So please check it out. And Tim, by the way, we took a little bit more in a moment about your awards, but can you give right now the webpage or the online stuff for it for people who need to know or want Absolutely. to know? Absolutely. Uh, the site is blackrealawards.com and on social media, it's, it's easy. It's at Black Real Awards at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So, uh, and also we have a YouTube channel that we just started. So I probably want to invite you, Omar, on to that because we're going to be doing uh, show spotlighting individual categories and performances as a lead up to the April 11th award announcement of this year. Oh, I'd be honored. I absolutely accept immediately here. Thank you, Tim, for the invite. Um, yeah. Really do appreciate that. And this is the thing. And I, and likewise to you, Tim, as well, I feel the very same way. And for those listening, you have, again, Tim is a very generous person and he really does go and work and include people and have conversations and have different guests and perspectives. Um, I know that from watching his show. Uh, he's a really good film critic. He's been uh, at the head of the WAFCA, W-A-F-C-A, as I in introduced him earlier. He's been El Presidente there for a number of years now, and he's doing great work there. So please uh, follow, follow this brother. Um, Tim, I want to talk a bit more about the Black Reels for just a moment. Right. You've talked about the three biggest uh, award nominees, the three films, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, One Night in Miami, and Judas and the Black Messiah, all much must-watch films for anybody who has not seen those. They're on Netflix or Amazon or on HBO Max or whichever streaming platform. Please seek all three of those out. Um but there are other movies too, and these are the ones I actually wanted you to opine on a little bit that may be on your Black Real Film Award nominations or may not have as many nominations or may not be nominated at all. Please talk for a couple of minutes about Malcolm and Marie and the performance of Zendaya. Man, you know, let me, let me tell you this. It was interesting. You know, um, one of the big things and bonuses that we got this year with the pandemic, as you know, Omar, is that typically our film year runs from one January to 31 December. And then we're wrapping up and, you know, we're probably like at this point, we probably would have had the Oscars or been close to the Oscars. But this year with the pandemic, we got an, a bonus 60 days or an extra two months. And in February alone, as you said, Judas and the Black Messiah, of course, uh, the U.S. versus Billie Holiday and the other surprise film, of course, was uh, Malcolm and Marie. And I remember uh, I sat and watched it with my lady. And, and when it first, when, you know, we had a, a preview screening of it. And I remember it got that, that the dialogue uh, was so uncomfortable and raw and uncompromised. And I was looking at her like, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm not really comfortable <laughs> with what I'm watching here, but I think the acting is, is superb and fantastic. And Zendaya, to, to go back to your original point, um, the only reason I think that she is not getting more love this award season is because, and, and it has nothing to do with her. She is superb in this film, right? Oh, yes. But Andra Day is just transformative as Billie Holiday. Um, Viola, yeah, I was yeah, about I mean, to mention her. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you look at, it's funny. It, not just, I know we're going to talk about the Black Real Awards in a second again. Yes. But this category and our awards this year, to me, was the most competitive category in the 21-year history. I can never remember another year where we had one single category 
where you can make a you can make an argument for all five of the actresses that got nominated this year. And and I would have been happy because I don't vote. So anything you guys would have picked, I would have been happy with. But I think Zendaya really took a a monumental step. Now, I know she just won an Emmy last year for Euphoria. And I've watched her in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, uh, playing opposite Tom Holland in these films. But man, to see this woman stand toe to toe with John David Washington, and not just deliver the dialogue, but there are points where you feel tremendous empathy for her. That scene in the bathtub alone, oh, Omar, yes. yeah, was just one of the most difficult things I watched last year in film. Yeah. Um, I love the other scene where she brings the knife out and yeah. scares oh, the Jesus out yeah. of John. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. she kills us too, because you know yeah. we don't know. We where don't this know what's going on. on. Yeah. yeah, and I know. So, no, and, and, and for those who and for those who haven't seen it yet, we've not really given anything away here because we cannot re- reproduce how great she was in that scene. So we're not giving anything away. We're just talking about how great Zendaya really is in Malcolm and Marie. You have to see it. So go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I'm just saying. So I, I guess my original point was the reason why we're not talking more about Zendaya uh, is because there were other performances. Carrie Mulligan is just spellbound, uh, spellbindingly good in um, Promising Young Woman. Frances McDormand is Frances McDormand. I mean, you know, you've seen her exactly. in Fargo. I mean, you know, she, I mean, these are these are master actresses. Viola Davis. I mean, yeah, so yeah. Th- that's the only reason why I think you're not talking about Zendaya. But what I like about her career and her ascension is that you know, I, I know that the, the, the conventional thinking in Hollywood is always, you know, especially during award season, you know, when you see somebody burst onto the scene, oh, they're young, they'll have another opportunity. In Zendaya's case, I really do think she will have more opportunities because there are other screenwriters and directors and producers that, that watched her performance in Malcolm and Marie. And people are like, yeah, we need to, we need to work with her. She's on the come up. So, yeah, so I thought she was fantastic. And as I said, I think she's she's better than the film. I thought the film has its detractors. You know, there are people that either love it or they or they hate it. Um, I happen to be in the camp where I found it to be immensely interesting. And you take all of the politics about the screenwriters white and the characters are black. Eh, I, you know, you can miss me with all that. But I, I like the film, not enough to watch it over and over. But I yeah, did like yeah. it enough to, to <laughs> say that I saw it a couple of times. Zendaya is fantastic. I agree with you, Omar. Yeah, I'm glad that you we had the time here to talk about that performance because I think it needs to be talked about more. And I'm glad that we had the opportunity to do that here and that you have given your thoughts about it. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is <laughs> about Andre Day and, and because... <sighs> People have to see the U.S. versus Billie Holiday. That is available on Hulu uh, right now. For those of you listening, please watch that film. Um, it's a, I think it's a wonderful film. And I, again, I don't want to give anything away about it. Uh, but can you talk about Andra Day, Andra Day's performance as Lady Day, Billie Holiday? Well, you know, uh, you said earlier that my, the podcast is called Keeping It Real. So, you know, I'm always a truth teller, sometimes to my own detriment. Um, I am not the biggest fan of Lee Daniels as a filmmaker, right? I think that, um, you know, I, I've had issues with his films and, and the types of films that he makes. So I went into this film as well as Judas and the Messiah with a little skepticism. Uh, watching the trailer, I was like, okay, uh, let me see what we have here. And what I saw was a film that may have its flaws, right? There's a lot in this film that's based on real events, right? Or real people that they portray in the film. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that's undeniable, and the last time I think I felt this strongly of watching this kind of performance is when I saw Jamie Foxx 15 years ago in Ray, where where I was so convinced like, man, it's gonna be hard to beat this performance. That performance was that good. Audra Day, you know, you ever hear the, the, the saying in sports or like, I know you love football, that, yes. you know, you leave it all on the pitch, right? Yes. Man, Audra Day literally left it all. She she immerses herself into the role of Billie Holiday. 
it, and, and, and there's some uncomfortable moments. It's very gritty. There's some some scenes, you know, yeah. that, that are of sexual nature that are very graphic. Andre Day just jumped in it, performed it, and made us feel her, made us feel Billie Holiday's pain, made yes. us feel the agony that she was going through as a woman living in that time, trying to assert her independence. I thought Andre Day is fantastic. And the fact that she won, uh, was it the CCA on Sunday? Yes, it was. Yeah. She won the CCA. And I think that that win has suddenly muddled the Oscar race. And the fact that the Oscar voting, I think, began like that, like probably later the week that she won. I think it opens up a lot of eyes of people. And, you know, if you'd asked me this question, a couple of months ago, I would have told you, hey, man, I think Francis McDormand is a slam dunk to win this award right now. I don't know. Carrie Mulligan, you know, as I said earlier, is just fantastic. And I'm right. a young yeah, woman. Yeah. Andre nice. Day is fantastic. I mean, so this is this is a tough call this year. And it's not as easy as some years where the, the politics are. Well, you know, you should just give it to McDormand. McDormand has won two Oscars and you yeah. and I both know that if you win more than two Oscars or the club of people who won three, there are only five people, Omar, in 92 years that have won three Oscars. And Catherine Hepburn is the sixth person who's won four. Nice. So it, 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 it's a very small Mount Rushmore-esque kind of a club that McDormand is trying to get into. Uh, Viola Davis, of course, is another one, which I, you know, I know I'm jumping ahead of you, man. Viola Davis. That's okay. Uh, is, 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 is never won for Best Actress, and there's only been one Black woman that's ever won it, of course, was Halle Berry back in 2001, or 2002, excuse 2002, me. 2002, yeah. The, yeah sure. the performance was 01, but the awards were 02. So there's a lot of intrigue, and I think that Andre Day has a shot of upsetting the apple cart and having people go, where did she come from? This is her <laughs> debut film? Where did she come Right. I don't know, Omar. She got a shot. Phenomenal. And and then as you can tell for those listening and watching, we are we've eased into the Oscar conversation. It was really seamless um, that we've done that. But it's true. There's so many. We're excited. And Tim's excited about this, as am I. We are excited about the prospect of of the kinds of women, in particular, the kinds of actors who are being, I, and I like to use the gender neutral, uh, but but I but that's fine. That's okay. I mean, it's the kinds of performances that we're seeing from from black performers black women who are performing it's just really a great thing and th these performances have always been here is that they hadn't been given the opportunities filmmakers hadn't been given the platforms and they've had to make their own platforms and bust down the doors to get attention to make these kinds of films widely available they've always been here but now a huge audience gets to see an Andre Day, a Zendaya, uh, you know, Viola Davis, of course. And, you know, the Oscar race is going to be a really exciting one on as far as um, uh, actors uh, who are female are concerned versus actors who are male. I think the excitement really for me, Tim, is in the uh, category for, for actors who are female. I think uh, McDormand, in any other year would have won. Um, but she won for a film a few years back that I didn't think was that good. And I didn't think her performance was that great. Um, I thought her performance in this particular film, and we're talking now about the film Nomadland, directed by Claire Zhao. I thought that she was terrific in that. Again, I'm not gonna give anything away for those who haven't watched Nomadland, but right. please do if you get the opportunity. I thought she was terrific in it, Tim. Um, Zendaya obviously was very good in Malcolm and Marie. I didn't like the film um, very much for lots of reasons, which I won't get into here. Um, and then let me just talk about these other nominees. Viola Davis, my feeling about her, Tim, and share, share with me your thoughts on this. Viola Davis is exceptional in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is available on Netflix right now. But my issue is is that's not really a lead performance i feel that's more of a supporting performance 
versus Chadwick Boseman's remarkable work as the lead, if you will. Right. And again, we're not going to give anything away to people listening. Don't worry, we're not doing that. We're just talking about these performances. And Tim, what do you think about Violet Davis? A lead performer or a supporting performer for you? I think I think it's definitely a supporting performance. I liken, I liken it to if you've watched um, Dream Girls, right? So in Dream Girls, no matter who you cast in, uh, you know, as, as Thunder Early and, you know, the Jamie Foxx character, the Beyonce character, the movie literally is all about the Effie character. Whoever right. plays Effie is going to get all the attention. And in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Ma Rainey, despite the fact that the film bears her name, the film is really the story of Levy. And Chadwick Boseman, um, you know, I... I I'm trying to figure out exactly after his untimely death last August, you know, to think through this on how, how we would perceive this performance if he was still alive, right? I still think it's the best performance he's ever given in any film. Um, but I think what makes it even stronger in retrospect is understanding that it was, he was in so much pain. He was, Doing this, carrying around a major secret, you, we, we saw the weight loss. We didn't really understand at the time what we were looking at. And he not only does this film, but he has a strong performance in The Five Bloods. Um, it, it is such a loss, but you're right. I think, getting back to Viola Davis, I think, personally, if I had an Oscar vote this year, Viola Davis probably would be the third person I would vote for, probably after Andre Day <laughs> and probably. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not able to hear you at the moment, Tim, unfortunately. Um, and um, for some reason, we have a frozen. Um, are you there, Tim? I am. Oh, good. Oh, good, Tim. It's good to have you back. I don't know what happened there, but we got cut off. And uh, you cut off, you got cut off in mid-sentence. I'm sorry, uh, man. My apologies. I was saying I can I can repeat what I just said. I said that. Yeah, um, sure. You, please do. Do you have you we recording right? Yes. Okay. I was saying that um, it's not any. I mean, I I respect Viola Davis and her filmography. I think she's a fantastic actor. I yeah. think, as I said earlier, it's just that this performance is just a byproduct that. She is overshadowed by Chadwick Boseman in this role. And Viola Davis, to me, uh, is somebody who we know she'll be back. She, she's solid in almost everything she does. She's gotten the attention of the Academy. She's almost like Regina King right now. Regina King is so good that whatever Regina King does, people are like, oh, yeah, she needs some recognition for that. Viola <laughs> Davis is the same way. So she will be back. She just won the Oscar. Uh, two years ago for Fences, Viola Davis isn't going anywhere. Um, I just don't think that this is her year, uh, you know, as we're talking about this really competitive acting field. I, I, personally, I would be shocked if she won this year. But as you said earlier about Frances McDormand for three billboards, you know, sometimes you can win not giving your best performance. Yes. <laughs> so, so who knows? You know, the Oscar voters are a very finicky strange bunch as they've shown us over the years yes they have and um, one thing that we should mention also and i'm sure some of those listening and watching are aware of this tim um there have been tremendous efforts inside the academy to diversify the votership um the membership of the academy and a lot of those efforts were started by cheryl boone isaac the former academy president for those who don't know Ava DuVernay is amongst the people involved as well. I believe she's one of the governors or one of the members of the Board of Governors. Um, and there are others who are doing a lot of work behind the scenes inside the Academy to increase the Black and Brown and Native membership, to inclusify more people uh, who are Black and Brown and Native and Asian in the voting process. We, we saw last year, as you know, Tim, and many of the listeners and viewers may be aware of, what happened with Parasite, a well-deserving, in my view, film um, that ended up doing great things on Academy Award night last year. And I, I am not going to be surprised that when Monday comes, there will be a more diverse slate of nominees. Would you agree with that assessment, Tim? 
I would. I mean, also, you're talking about Parasite from last year. I think that the, the, the little sleeper this year is probably Minari, uh, a film that I saw back in, I think, last October. Um, wonderful film that I think also will, will keep up with that theme. It's always kind of an underdog film. Um, the other film and the other thing to really be cognizant of on Monday morning is secretly rooting for Judas and the Black Messiah to get a Best Picture nomination. And people at home are going, well, why is that special? Well, never before, and now we're in the 93rd year of Oscar history, never before in the history of the Academy has any Best Picture nominee had three Black producers. So Shaka King, Charles King, and Ryan Coogler, who produced this film, I think we talk about these, these first in the Academy's history. Omar, I think that would be monumental if that happened. I, I really do. So that's monumental. And we're also trying to see in the best director race, there are five slots. Will this be the year that the Oscars nominate three women for best director. So it, we, we know Chloe, you, you say Chloe Zhao is, is almost a lot to get nominated. Absolutely. Um, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman is getting a lot of buzz. And Regina yeah. King for One Night in Miami. That would be epic. If those two things I just discussed, if those came to pass, I think they will. I, and not only that, it will be even more epic if they win. If if one of those three women wins, which I think one of them will, and, oh, and, have, and, and I think that and if uh, well, I don't think Judas and Black Messiah is going to win Best Picture, but it would be great, yeah, obviously if it did. But I, I think now, if you're talking about the best direct, uh, director race, um, you're going to have those three women, each of the three that you've just mentioned, uh, and I absolutely think Regina King really was superbly, uh, superbly rendered. Um, that wonderful film, One Night in Miami. And again, people, if you haven't seen that, please, Amazon Prime, I believe, is streaming it, and you may be able to get it elsewhere. Um, but uh, Chloe Zhao, I, 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 I'm sorry. That, that to me, I'm not giving anything away. That's the best directed film of the year for me. Um, now, now, now if you're talking about Chloe. Her, yeah. The film prior to this, The Rider, I, I remember seeing that at Sundance and just sitting yeah. there going, Man, she's really good. So yeah, yeah. now, now this is this is Barry Jenkins's uh, significant other. No, 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 no. Actually, it's Lulu Wang is his significant. Oh, oh, oh! My apologies at home, Barry. Don't get mad at me. I know you're watching. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's a, listen. Um, uh, no, it, it's it's um, we make mistakes. I know you didn't mean any kind of. Malice or anything by that, and I, you know, knowing you well as I do, um, but yeah, Lulu Wang, as people may remember, directed a film called um, Oh gosh, not the namesake. That's not it. There's another film that was Mira Mira Nair Nair um, Nair. Um, there was a film last year, the year before, and I can't believe I'm blanking on the title. Tim, you can help me with this. The film where the grandmother is, in, you know, oh, uh, the uh, the the farewell. Thank you. The farewell. I knew the first word was the. <laughs> uh, so it's not the namesake. It's the farewell. Lulu Wang directed that last year, year before, year before. Um, uh, Chloe uh, Chloe Zhao has directed films as you mentioned, The Rider, and now this uh, film, Nomadland. Um, any other things as we uh, kind of close up here in terms of uh, the conversation? Tim, to look out for, do you think, on Monday? Is there anything, because those two things you pointed out, and I'm really glad you did, are really important and significant things about the two things that could happen. Is there anything else you think could happen, a surprise? Are you expecting something out of left field for Monday? Well, the only thing that, that might be the most left field thing that could happen, right? We're talking about this competitive race for uh, back to the actress race again. Yeah. And the name that keeps coming up, which I think could be the fly in the ointment that could ruin somebody's opportunity is, and, and no disrespect to, to, to Amy Adams, but I keep hearing buzz about Amy Adams possibly breaking through in the actress race. And I'm like, but Hillbilly Elgin? 
I mean, I was I was surprised she got a Golden Globe nomination. I was like, and uh, so again, that to me is probably the most left field thing that I think that could actually happen this year that would really kind of throw that race into disarray because if Amy Adams is included, that means one of these other terrific actresses is not going to be in the mix. And that could possibly hurt somebody. Well, I don't know if it could hurt an Andre Day. I think Andre Day is going to get nominated. Yeah. Um, but the fifth spot comes down to who's in the, in the, in the fifth spot, Omar. I mean, who do you see? Uh, do we think yeah. it's Davis, Mulligan, McDormand, and Day? Who do yeah. we see as the last person? Is that a Zendaya spot? Is that possible. a... Yeah. Is Zendaya or Vanessa Kirby? I mean... Uh... Pieces of a Woman, or Pieces of a Woman. I believe that's the name of the film. It, it is Pieces of a Woman, but, but it seems like that movie, to me, feels like it's losing momentum at this yeah. point. It so well I be. don't know. Well, I, I tell you, I guess when I'm speaking about that, I mean, I guess that would be my pick. But in terms of predicting it independently of who we could expect, I think Zendaya is a good bet. It's either Zendaya or Vanessa Kirby. I, I think it could be Zendaya. Um, it will be a history-making day on Monday, and I'm excited about it. We um, will definitely talk again in the future about a lot of this. And look, we've got the NAACP Image Awards that's coming not too far away. We've had the BAFTA nominations this week from the UK. That's happened. A much more diverse group of nominees there. So I think that bodes well for the Academy on Monday. We, of course, have had the Golden Globes, the less said about the Golden Globes better in terms of the whole background of the Hollywood foreign right. press. We don't have to go there. Mm -hmm. We know about that. I've talked about it on this podcast. And of course, um, the Screen Actors Guild uh, nominations have come out the last few weeks. A lot more to come. And the Black Reel Film Award nominations are out. And it's been a real honor to speak to Mr. Tim Gordon, the, the absolutely esteemed president of the Washington, D.C., Area Film Critics Association. Tim, can you please tell the audience listening and watching the social media to get in touch with you, sir? Uh, they can reach me at Film Gordon, um, either at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the page, uh, our homepage is thefilmgordon.com. And our YouTube channel, of course, again, is at Film Gordon. So everything, you know, we try to simplify it, man. I try to follow the example of uh, Popcorn Reel uh -huh. uh, Omar, Omar Moore and just simplify your your social media approach man but I want to thank you um because like I said I you know I, I wasn't joking that we follow each other on social media and I'm always seeing what you're doing day to day on Politocrat I'm like man I got to get on that show that's hot <laughs> Tim thank you so much for your kind words sir it's always an honor to have you on Ladies, gentlemen, everybody, everybody, please, uh, a warm welcome again and a warm thank you to you, Tim. Uh, Tim Gordon, the president of the Washington, D.C. Film uh, Critics Association, and, of course, his show, Keeping It Real with Film Gordon, can be heard and, I believe, seen as well on the YouTube channel every Saturday, every Saturday. Good show to listen to and watch. Tim, thanks very much for being here on this episode of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. Thank you, my brother. We'll be in touch, man. Much love yes, to you, Omar. You too. Take care, Tim. Thank you. All right, man. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Tim Gordon as we are now just a day away. I mean, tomorrow is the Academy Award nominations. Be up bright and early if you are one of those so inclined. If you are on the East Coast of the United States, you'll have to be up around 8 15 or thereabouts, perhaps, I believe. Um, I think it's going to be around then, maybe a little bit later than that. But be up. Just get up at 8 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time. How about that? And if you're on the West Coast, it's 5 a.m. I think the actual nominations don't begin until around um, 5.20 uh, Pacific time, since they are going to be announced out here in California. Um, 5.20 or 5.30 or whatever it is. But to be safe, just set your alarm for 5 <laughs> for five uh, in the morning if you are here on the uh, West Coast. And of course, if you're anywhere else in the world, um, you are in probably very favorable shape unless you're in Hawaii 
in which case you're going to have to be up all night pretty much <laughs> to to um, watch the nominations live. Um, if you're anywhere else, um, you're probably um, during the middle of your day. So you probably are going to be in a position where you can watch these nominated uh, performances be announced live on YouTube because that's where they will be. I will put a link in this particular episode to the places on YouTube where you can watch the Academy's own Oscar channel, which is on YouTube. The YouTube Oscars channel will be available and that's where the uh, nomination announcement will be viewed and it may well be televised. But if you're online, the best bet is the Academy's own Oscars channel for the nominees to be announced tomorrow, tomorrow. You're only a day away. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to be talking about those nominations, of course, um, and my reaction to what has been nominated and what hasn't been, because there's likely to be some snubs. There is every year. You cannot nominate every performer or every director. But I can say uh, with confidence, as Tim and I just spoke about here, um, that there will be female uh, nominees in the directing category, which will be only the, I believe, second time ever that that's ever happened, or third time, second, second time ever, third. Oh, gosh. Um, there's only ever been one female director, uh, female best director winner. There's only been one in the 93 or so years of Oscar history, which is appalling. And we could triple that, at least with three nominees, we could triple it, not with winners, but three nominees. Uh, coming up on uh, tomorrow. It's going to be really exciting stuff. Um, I'm an Oscar watcher, even though I've criticized the Academy many a time, um, but it's always exciting to find out who the Academy picks for the nominations. And then, of course, on the big night itself, which will be Sunday, April 25th, this time around. And um, again, all very special thanks to Mr. Tim Gordon, the president of the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association. Really wonderful to have uh, that gentleman on, a really kind soul and a good person. And again, um, you can catch his weekly podcast on Spotify. It's called Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. Well, it's incredible to believe. Incredible to believe. And it's just staggering to believe this, but it's now exactly one year. One year ago today that I began this podcast. And I must say a lot has happened in the past year. What a journey it has been. And I am really thankful and grateful to you, dear listener, for being an extremely important part of that journey over this one year. Innocently enough, if you will, I started this podcast in the hope of trying to strike a somewhat different tone, trying to just find my way and to talk about things I felt needed to be talked about. It's not that other podcasts that you may listen to do not cover the kinds of things that I do. Maybe some of them do, maybe some of them don't. It depends on what you listen to. It's just that I believed and still believe that the kinds of things I talk about are important enough and valuable enough and indeed in many cases very serious enough to merit some conversation, some thought, some discussion and some most importantly action. And over the year that this podcast has been available, in fact every single day of the past 366 plus days, I have done at least one episode of this podcast. I have not taken a day off from it. Now, of course, a wretched pandemic will do that to you. But at the same time, I believe in 
doing this work and working really hard at it and continuing to try to improve and not try but actually improve. I will leave it to you, dear listener, as to whether you think that I have improved over this past year. I happen to have my opinion about that. (laughs) And I bet you do as well. And from the emails and comments I get on Twitter and some of the things that I have even had said to me directly and in person, and those few moments, a few rare occasions that I've had those kinds of conversations face-to-face, with masks on, of course. I have been given a lot of positive feedback. I want to also, over the last year, thank every guest that I have had on. That includes the guest that you just heard, Mr. Tim Gordon, the president of the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association. And that includes the very first guest I ever had on this podcast. Her name is Dr. Cindy Duke. She was my first guest back in, I believe it was April of 2020. So I thank her very much. And I thank every guest in between. And I don't want to start naming people because what will happen is I will fail to name somebody. And that is not a good thing. I did an episode at the end or very close to the end of December of last year where I picked out some of the highlights of some of the guests that I had interviewed, some of the highlights of the interviews that I had done with them. And I look at every interaction with someone on my podcast as a conversation rather than an interview. But nonetheless, I must say that it's been really great to have people on this podcast who speak to you and speak to me and share some really important and very valuable information. I have enjoyed immensely this first year of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. And I look forward to the next 365 days. There may be a day off or two (laughs) during this second year of the podcast. But I can say that it is, to be frank, a real honor to be able to have done the entire year of podcasts and never missing a day. That takes a lot of dedication and it takes a lot of hard work, scripted or unscripted. In my case, the latter. And I must say that I am most grateful again, once again, most of all to you for listening, for bearing with me, for agreeing or disagreeing with what you've heard me say, but for your loyal ear, your listening ear. Thank you very much for taking me on your travels, wherever you might be in the world or wherever you may go in the world. If you've listened to me on your travels or in the morning or at night or during the day, whenever you've listened, I do want to again extend my profound thanks and gratitude to you. Thank you for making this podcast what it is. And thank you for continuing to listen to help me make it what it I know can be an even better place and an even better podcast. I will continue to work hard on that and with your help and your listening ear, take this podcast to an even better level of quality. I also want to say something about the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store, which I opened actually late last year in 2020, the last quarter of the year. The store has absolutely exploded into life since then. 
And I want to thank you so much for purchasing a product or two from the store. All of the products are designed by yours truly. And quite frankly, I couldn't be prouder of the store itself and the quality of the products therein. A lot more products will be added during the course of this calendar year. And at the moment, there are close to 200, if not more, products available. All you have to do is go to the-politocrat.myshopify.com. You can also go to the Politocrat podcast webpage at thepolitocrat.com. As you scroll down, one of the first things you will see is a photograph of one of the bits of merchandise that is available for your purchase. You can click on that photograph. It will take you directly to the homepage of the store. Lots to look at, to see, to buy. So please indulge and please support the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store. Again, all of the products are designed by yours truly. Jackets, t-shirts, sweatshirts. Soon to be added long sleeve t-shirts. Soon to be added a number of other things. In addition, there are also mugs, hats, pens, tote bags, I really do appreciate your support. So thank you very much indeed. And when I come back, I will play you the opening of this very podcast exactly one year ago today. to a weekend edition of the AudioCast. My name is Omar Moore. It is indeed Saturday, March the 14th, 2020. Hoping your weekend is getting off to a good start as we have come into a wild political season amidst a lot of upheaval. For those of you who are indoors, which I hope you are, please continue to stay safe, self-isolate, and wash your hands. Lord knows we need at this time to do those things. For some of us, we have to be out and about. We may have to work on the weekend We may have to be out and about to help loved ones who need assistance. But I urge you, wherever you are, to be careful. Just wanted to recap what has gone on literally in the last, I guess, uh, 10 hours or so, if not that. The House of Representatives late last night on the west coast but if you're on the east coast that would be early this morning passed an emergency bill a corona virus aid relief bill that will give people who are not working who have been laid off for example um, extended unemployment benefits emergency unemployment benefits I think that that is a very good idea. It was a um, largely bipartisan vote. There were 40 Republicans who didn't vote for this bill. How dare you? But in general, it was a bill in the House that passed. There was literally about 15 minutes of debate, if that. And then the vote swiftly went through. The final vote was 360 feet. Ooh, let me say that again. The final vote was 363 yay, 
and 40 nay with one person voting present. That was an independent. I suspect it was Justin Amash, but I do not have the roll call vote in front of me. And then I think there were about 20 or so who did not vote at all. But nonetheless, it passed very handily in the House, 363 to 40. Now, um, as far as this goes, now with this House bill passed, it will go to the Senate on Monday and I expect that the U.S. Senate will do something that they haven't done in a long time, which is actually vote on a bill and um, at least vote on some bipartisan legislation. And they vote on some things, but not on the things that really, really matter uh, that will affect the country. And now that we are in a national emergency, as declared by um, the you-know-who in the White House, Um, we now will need to have an extraordinary uh, response from uh, to this virus, which is is really wreaking havoc here in the United States and will continue to do so over the next few weeks. And the House has done its job. Now it's up to the U.S. Senate. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, is missing in action. I don't know where he is whether he's self-quarantining or whatever he's doing, um, but not heard from him in the last day or two. And and, uh, the calls on Twitter, hashtag where's Mitch, is a good question. It is a good question because we need to know where Mitch McConnell is. This is emergency legislation. You know, this guy would be up until God knows what O-Dog hundred hours when it came to shutting down government, when it came down to... You know, when it came to these tax cuts, when it came down to trying to repeal Obamacare, when it came down to um, trying to put through nominees to the Supreme Court, toxic nominees like um, Brett Kavanaugh, when it came down to these impeachment situations where he would do these late, late sessions. You know, where is he now when it comes to helping the American public? I don't think I don't think that this is excusable anymore. Mitch McConnell missing in action, ladies and gentlemen, everybody. So that is where we are at the moment with coronavirus. Look, I already talked yesterday about what was going on with you-know-who, and I don't want to go over that again uh, for this weekend. I do want to move on to the other things going on in politics And of course, that is now the thing that's not going to get much coverage amidst the wall-to-wall coronavirus updates, which I think, uh, as far as the corporate news media is concerned, they will not really be giving you information rather than other than who is not doing what they're supposed to do. And I think I suggest to you, if you want to get some real information about coronavirus and about how it's affecting people in your area or anywhere else, it'd be to consult the World Health Organization. Thank you very much for listening to this special edition of The Politocrat. The one-year anniversary of the start of this podcast... Very special thanks to my guest, Tim Gordon, the president of the Washington, D.C. area Film Critics Association and the architect of the Black Reel Awards, as well as the host and creator of the podcast, Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. Very special thanks to him. It's really been great to play a portion of how it all began here with this podcast, the Politocrat Daily Podcast. Thank you for your loyalty. Continue to listen, to subscribe, to spread the word, to check out the podcast website at thepolitocrat.com to 
patronize and support the store of the Politocrat Daily Podcast at the-politocrat.spotify.com. And to follow yours truly, Omar Moore, here on Twitter, at the popcorn R-E-E-L. A lesser used Twitter handle for the show itself is the underscore politocrat. There's also a Facebook page for the podcast as well, and I hope that you take a look at that too. You can contact the show at the following email address, politocratpod at gmail.com. Once again, the email address, politocratpod, that's politocratpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening to this special edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.